to a late edition of Maget and Fry's Movie Reviews Podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And as per usual, we're going to be hitting you up with all of the latest movie news from around the galaxy. And after that, we got some reviews for you. I didn't... Uh, I, I managed to catch a special screening of uh, Vampire Suck. Uh-huh. And uh, well, the title pretty much says it all. Did you catch anything else? Uh, and I also did a little uh, DVD, DVD hunt and I watched... Um, the last collaboration between Steven Sodenberg and Matt Damon, The Informant. Cool. Well, we are into the drought after the summer, so uh, I caught one of the late releases that came out a while ago, uh, Repo Men, and I also caught Tekken, which came out a few weeks ago as well. That's how, that's how much of a drought there is. is that, mm. uh, what, so what, what do we have for us? Oh, Tekken. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Possibly one Even of the- people who love Tekken are like going, this movie sucks. <laughs> I love Tekken. It doesn't quite suck. <laughs> Although well, well, I'll wait for your review. Yeah, wait I'll wait for, for your review. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be like another Operation Endgame thing. You know, it's like a movie that wasn't very good. But your I had review, this movie, but, but my review was but awesome. Your review made it makes it sound awesome. You didn't so, watch so, it. You didn't find it now. No, no. So that, so this movie, you're you know you're going to be saying like it's actually not bad. But then you'll start talking about it, and then as you talk about it, we'll realize that it it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but much of a bit of interesting news. Uh, did you hear the news about how they're planning a sequel to Piranha? 3D. Yeah, Piranha Yeah, 3D. I, I had that was mentioned last week, wasn't it, or something? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a late, it's a late podcast. Yeah. Um, what, what I thought was interesting about this is because it's, um, this movie was not screened for critics, which yeah. is usually a very uh, strong indicator that the movie is going to be horrible. Yeah. And it's, it was too hot for Comic-Con. It was too hot for Comic-Con. Uh, but did you see the footage? They actually released that footage online, the footage that they were going to show at Comic-Con. Is that the one where Jerry O'Connell gets his dick bitten off? No, no, no. no. Oh, that's online as well. <laughs> <laughs> told you about that last yes, week, you, right? told, you told me about that last week. That sounds fucked up. I am actually interested to see this movie, just like I just, because yeah, of the people you, you, just see, you just want to see the fat kid from Stand By Me and get his cock bitten and chewed off. Yeah, and Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss playing the same character from Jaws. Apparently, Richard Dreyfuss like doesn't last very long either. No, yeah, but I, I want to see it because I want to see Eli Roth die a horrible death. He's in it as well. Yeah, yeah, he's in it as well. And I'll I'll pay to see anything where Eli Roth just dies a horrible death. I got nothing personal against Eli Roth. I mean, I you know like I liked Cabin Fever. Oh yeah, I, it's just his acting. Yeah, it's it's just his acting. You know, it's like <laughs> when I watched him in Inglorious Bastards, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why the fuck is this guy in this movie? <laughs> you know, especially because at first, spot the friends of the, the first the first time you see him when he's walking, when he's walking up and when he's walking up in the dark from out of the, out of the tunnel and he's got the baseball bat and everything. It's like, yeah, this guy looks badass, yeah. you know, and th- that he's got that crazy look on his face just before he kills that that Nazi. Mm. But as soon as he kills the Nazi, he starts jumping around and screaming like a moron. Yeah, and you and you hate him all over again. It's like, yeah, fucking eat me, and fucking doggy, like whatever the hell he's saying. It's like, dude, die now. <laughs> Let there be a Nazi sniper somewhere. Take this motherfucker <laughs> out. Anyway, but aside from that. I don't mind Eli Roth, but I heard that he dies a horrible death in this. Excellent. And, he's, and he plays an asshole, which he, which he does very well. So he won't be in the sequel? No, I don't think he will be in the sequel. 
Maybe Jerry O'Connell's cock will be in the sequel. I don't think it's, so. I think it'll make an appearance. You reckon? Like there'll be like a piece of dick bone. <laughs> it'll be like those Predator movies. It'll like, be a piece of his bone. It'll be like Predator Two when he go, when Danny Glover's in the uh, in the spaceship and he sees all these different bones. <laughs> Nameplate. Jerry yeah. O'Connell's fat kid from fat kid from Stand By Me's cock. They'll find they'll find they'll find like the the the, 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 the piranhas aren't really uh, fish. They're actually aliens too, and they'll find the mothership and there'll yeah, be yeah. Jerry O'Connell's cock. And the Predator and the alien will turn up and. It'll be directed there by the go. guy going Skyline. That's right. Uh, fucking one of, the, one of the guys who used to act in uh, Growing Pains, he'll turn up as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, but yeah, the f- interesting thing is, is that Piranha was not screened for critics, which normally means the movie sucks. No. Now, it, it is... Um, it's getting wildly varying reviews. But for the most part, positive. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it's I mean, of course there are for there, what it is. Of course, there are critics that are that are panning it, but not that many. Not as many as you might think for a movie like this. A lot of the critics are saying that this is the first sort of exploitation movie in that regard that actually embraces it perfectly. Oh, really? A, a lot of a lot of critics have been saying that that this movie is actually. I mean, if you if you've got a weak stomach, don't bother because apparently the gore is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and people dying in the most ridiculous ways. Like, what was it you were telling me? Is this chick who falls into the tank and she gets eaten ass first? Oh no, she's so, sitting in a tube. Yeah, I mean, not sexually, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, she's sitting in like an inner tire, and she gets eaten, and then it falls down. And I know, but, shit but, but can you imagine, like, you know, like the the piranha, if the piranhas could speak to each other and they eat the ass, and then one of the piranhas is like going, "What are you doing? You never go ass to mouth." <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be that'll be in the third one. Look who's look who's piranha now. Yes, which will be uh, with John Travolta, which, as the which voice. will be script uh, Bruce doctor, Willis is the voice of the head. Which piranha. will be script doctored uh, by Kevin Kevin Smith, who will have a cameo. <laughs> Now Kevin Smith is someone I'd like to see get eaten alive in a piranha movie. That would be fucking sweet. Yeah. That, that'll be like that'll be the whole movie. Yeah. Just him getting eaten because it takes a while. It takes a while. He's not. You know, he's, he is. What's a Canadian thing to be eaten all the time? The the John. Oh fuck! I can't remember from those from his stand-up show where he does the like you know some guy runs in with the food Canadian food. I can't remember. Uh, he is tons of fun. But the critics have uh, actually been giving this a thumbs up. And the uh, producer for the movie, Mark Canton, is uh, using the critics as the main reason to justify a sequel. Mm. Uh, he said, and I quote, that it's fantastic that so many critics are really getting the movie and recommending it. We can't wait to start work on the sequel. Wow. Um, Alexandra, um, is it Aya? Well, Aja. Aja, I guess. Aja. I, I never know when the J is supposed to be silent, you know, with these fucking foreign names. Yeah, but I'm just stupid that way. Mm-hmm. What he said is like we've uh, we we we've had many ideas for a sequel. Um, one of them ha- one of them is we were to do it at the full moon party in Thailand, a huge event with 200,000 young people from all around the world taking mushrooms and partying on the beach. This guy wandering awesome. around going, <laughs> I lost everything. <laughs> we should audition. You should. Audition. <laughs> you should audition for that. You should get fucked up and go for an audition. Have you seen my flip flops? <laughs> That's you can be like the first kill. <laughs> you go into the you go into the water looking for your flip flops and you get munched up. That's happened. Piranhas ate my wallet. That's what I thought you found your wallet. No, that's my wallet. Uh, what did you find? You found something. I remember you just walking randomly and like, are these my shoes? Or no, I didn't find those. Or glasses or something. No, I don't wear glasses. Like, maybe it was someone else. <laughs> oh, my credit cards, but they your were back at the hotel. <laughs> Uh, however, Alexander uh, Asia is not conf- he, had, he does not have a, he's, he hasn't he's not signed locked it. In. He's not locked in to direct, so it's possible he may just be returning as a producer. But I gotta check this movie out. I am I am actually quite interested to see this movie. Strangely, yeah. Um, oh, what is it on here? No, I don't think it's on here. Yet. It's not here yet. No, no, not yet. Yeah, so I'll have to wait for that. What to do? That's life, man. Have you heard about um, the Mission Impossible forecasting? No. 
Well, because um, you knew that after the um, disappointment of night and day, uh, Paramount was sort of uh, rethinking... Next week it's open. So next week... Piranha. <laughs> next week we shall be back with Piranha. But uh, no, a while ago they were reporting that a lot was riding on night and day and that Paramount was basically waiting to see how night and day did before they uh, made more definite plans with um, Mission Impossible 4. Uh, Mission Impossible 4, the latest in the Mission Impossible movie franchise, now this one is going to be directed by Brad Bird, making his live-action debut. Uh, Brad Bird directed The Iron Giant, and he also directed The Incredibles, which, in my opinion, is one of the best movies Pixar has ever done. Yeah. It's the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. And uh, so after... <laughs> That's right. And there's some news about that shit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is crazy. This is crazy. I think this is fuck. way this too is, early. This is, it's way too early, but I hope it's wrong. Yeah. It's fucked. But anyway, um, Jeremy Renner has signed on to play the second male lead in uh, Mission Impossible 4. Is he evil? Be- uh, I, no, I don't think so, because what happened was, was that after Night and Day came out and didn't do well... Um, is Tom Cruise evil? No. <laughs> after after a night, not his character. I mean, is Tom Cruise evil? What is Tom Cruise evil? Yeah. No, he, he's very evil. We've known this for a very long time. And if he didn't do movies that I want to see, I wouldn't go see his movies. Yeah. <laughs> although for the most, although these days he is getting so fucking annoying that even if the movie's good, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, it's getting to a point where he's like he's a caricature of himself. Yeah. Uh, but after Night and Day came out and fizzled, yeah. uh, Paramount started. Um, Talking about the possibility of like, okay, well, we can't not have Tom Cruise in the movie, yeah, because you know, I mean, but he's, he can be on the tape. He's got, you know, he's got the power play deal and all Your that mission, shit. Did you choose to accept it? So what they are thinking, what what they were thinking of doing is that to have two male leads mm-hmm. with the sort of the possibility of the passing the baton on after mm-hmm. that. Um, there is a deal for Mission Impossible Five, and Tom Cruise is contractu- contractually obliged to be in it, but he doesn't necessarily have to be the lead. Does he produce it as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. for UA, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Paramount. No, no, it's Paramount. Um, but uh, so now Jeremy Renner has signed on to play the second male lead. Uh, cool. I mean, there were other names bandied about before that. Tom Hardy was mentioned, mm. uh, which would have been cool. Which uh, would have been awesome. Chris Pine would have been... Well, Chris Pine was also mentioned, although I'm quite glad they didn't go with him. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Renner, as far as I'm concerned... Did no, they call Sam Worthington yet? No. No, no, no. Although, have you heard that Sam Worthington has finally bit the bullet... He's he's gonna do a movie in Australia. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rome's and, in and, Australia. No, no, no. no. But th- but this makes it this 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 is this is making him even more like Hashem. Oh yeah. In my eyes, because he's going to Australia, because he wants to do a surfing movie <laughs> called Drift. Nice. Yes. And the reason he and the and when he was asked about this, the reason he wants to do it is because he's a surfer himself. He loves surfing, and he wants to give something back to nice. WA. <laughs> And I'm reading this whole thing, and I'm like, "Fucking Hashem!" <laughs> it's Hashem all over the place. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, Hashem is a friend of ours who's Australian, who has an uncanny resemblance to Sam Worthington. Yeah, um, although and he's skinnier. Yes, now. And, and Hashem could potentially be a better actor. Uh huh. <laughs> Some of the sets he works on are better actors. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, Jeremy Renner has now been confirmed as the second male lead in Mission Impossible Four. Ving Rhames is also returning. Mm. However, it looks like it's the bl- they're, they're not really learning from their mistakes because the uh, Mission Impossible Four script was written by the same guys who wrote Night and Day. Oh shit! So there you go. It's like <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I like to make fun of Tom Cruise, I don't think he was necessarily the reason that movie didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the movie didn't do well because it's it not shit. that good. Yeah. What the hell, man? No one's got any brains. And uh, you saw the 
I saw your Twitter feed. You saw the uh, news. Satoshi Khan. Satoshi Khan. Yes. Did you see? I, I saw the, rest the in news peace. on um, Rest in Peace. Uh, so this is a fantastic uh, animator. He um, he directed Perfect Blue. He directed Millennium Actress. He directed Tokyo Godfathers. He directed Paprika. Ah, uh, yeah. Paprika is like loved that fucking movie. That's one of my favorite. Pa- Paprika. Paprika, Paprika is the movie. It, the, the one it, movie I should review that I haven't yet. It is an awesome movie. It's yeah. in, in a strange way. It's actually a very difficult movie to review. Uh, you know, yeah, because you'll spend most of your time like saying just just going like because you can't this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, because like it is. I can't explain like, it. You gotta watch it. It's it awesome. Is dreamlike in its logic until certain points because you're like, huh? I know. But if this is one movie that if 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 they ever did it live action, it would literally drive you insane. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that the world is falling apart. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is paprika. No! No! <laughs> Bruce Please. Willis is the cop. Oh, dude, I can handle that. Hmm? I can handle that. Actually, I would... If, I would he has a, if he has a comedy tash, yes. I would rather go with a Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah, that would work. Harvey Keitel would work nicely. Running down his cop. tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you anime fans that haven't seen it, you're, then you're not anime fans. Yeah. Uh, but if you uh, if you occasionally dabble in Japanese animation and have enjoyed what you've watched, but you haven't seen any of these movies, I highly recommend them. Every movie that this guy's ever done has been awesome. Perfect and- Perfect Blue is. Uh, what Hitchcock would do if he was an if, if he was an animator? Yeah, because it's not like the thing that you would say with anime movies. You know, like the the big thing that kicked off with uh, Akira and all that kind of stuff, with and uh, Appleseed and all those kind of things, or Future or whatever. These are just cool stories that he just decided. You know, yeah. he can, and, he and can control them better in animation, so yeah. he does it that way. I mean, but that's part of, part of what I've always loved about Japanimation, anyway. Is that is that it 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 isn't necessarily animation. It, it, yeah. I mean, like the, the stories are not animated. They would stories. work as live action. They would work beautifully as live action. They would have insanely high budgets on some of them. Yeah. But uh, they would work amazingly well. I mean, Paprika, I think, would be shot entirely green screen. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's it's that nuts. Perfect Blue is modern is modern contemporary. It's like a proper thriller. Millennium Actress. Uh, it's it's a contemporary slash period piece. Millennium Actress is a great film. You seen it? No, I haven't seen that. You should check it out. It's about um, it's about this guy. Uh, this famous movie studio is being torn down. And this guy is uh, going to interview the um, the most famous star that this um, uh, studio ever produced. Yeah. This uh, el- elderly woman uh, used to be a famous actress, and as and as they're interviewing her, and uh, the guy who's interviewing her is like worships her, thinks, yeah. thinks she's amazing. And as they're interviewing her, he, she tells her story, and then her story and uh, the, the and the world that they're in at that point start colliding. Mm. You know, so it's like where as she's telling her story, you get the usual flashbacks. Yeah. You know, and then as the flashbacks continue, the two guys who are interviewing her are in the flashbacks and they're aware of it. Oh wow. And they're like, What the fuck? How did we get here? What the fuck's going on? Sweet. You know, and so it's a really weird uh, hybrid of you know, it's just it's just an insane film. And, and, and Tokyo of- Godfathers is just great. Yeah. I, I highly recommend every single one of his movies. Uh, have you seen Paranoia Agent? Because I've heard very good things about that, but and the the opening sequence is just bizarre. I got halfway through the first episode and I couldn't. I just was was doing my fucking head in. The opening sequence of Paprika made me switch it off. Really? (laughs) I was like, okay. I mean, I was fucked up when I saw it, dude. I I watched it five minutes. I'm like, I know this is awesome, but I cannot compute. (laughs) I have to save that music is on my like gym tracks. You fucking hit that and you're like, oh. That music, that music would scare the fuck out of me if I, if, I, if I was just like walking somewhere and I heard that playing. <laughs> ding, ding. What the fuck? No, because the that was a cool thing as well. The the 
the um, musical director for that movie just released the soundtrack he released that and a remix of it for free online on his website excellent which is quite cool because it's banging soundtrack but yeah Satoshi Kon you went way too soon my friend he was only 46 years old yeah and uh, the original Empire story and he's Japanese so he looks like 24 yeah exactly <laughs> uh, the original story on Empire now has actually the, the updated it there since the last time I looked at it and he actually has if you go to that empire.com or empireonline.com uh, they actually have a link off to his own site where apparently his family found some note that he wrote his last words and he wrote like a little kind of thing so it's really long I didn't get a chance to get through it but um He's just talking about, you know, being, being told about the cancer. I think it was cancer or a heart thing. But uh, it's just him just signing out. He just writes a little sign out note. Jesus. So, worth checking out. No, I will definitely do that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, some other interesting uh, piece of news is um, Tom Hanks, and, th- and you're going to have issues with this. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is teaming up with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. However, it's not teaming up for the kind of Sandra Bullock movie that makes your teeth hurt really? no uh, she makes my teeth I know she I know she makes your teeth hurt because she clearly has very hard nipples because she threw away <laughs> she threw away all the early promises of speed and demolition man we're doing the proposal the, the net is one of the best films ever <laughs> I'm just kidding dude I hate that movie <laughs> No, I I mean, I loved her in Speed, and uh, I, I really liked her in Crash. I mean, when she when she plays it down, yeah. she's actually really good. Uh, and and some of those, like, sweet sort of saccharine comedies, I didn't mind so much. Like, I didn't mind Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Or Miss Congeniality 2. I didn't see Miss Congeniality 2. Yeah. But I didn't mind Miss Congeniality. Uh, but, you know, it's like, but there are times, like, she's when, when she goes serious, she depending on who her director is, she's, she sometimes mistakes... Misery for seriousness. So it's like in Murder by Numbers, she just she's supposed to be, she's like a very serious person, but she just looks miserable all the time, which translates to I'm bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's but anyway, uh, Sandra she Bullock and slap. Sandra Bullock and Tom Hanks are teaming up for uh, the film adaptation of the novel Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Uh, the lead character is actually um, a young kid. Uh, Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock be playing his parents uh-huh. um, it's based on a novel by Jonathan Safran Frohr who uh, wrote Everything is Illuminated which was also made into a movie uh, Leah Shriver directed Elijah, that's a cool movie Elijah Wood's in it that was yeah. really good I really enjoyed that movie that's a good movie um, but Extremely Loud Incredibly Close is about a child prodigy he's an inventor actor musician jeweler pacifist and pen pal with Stephen Hawking oh. who goes on a quest through New York City's five boroughs seeking to find the lock that matches the key left behind by his father who died in, on, in, on 9-11 Whoa. Um, and in case you're concerned if uh, that whole bit at the end is a spoiler it's not because that drives the whole story and will probably be revealed in the trailer because trailers show the whole movies these days Yeah. Um, the lovely bones effect yeah but it's it's a very very uh, strong team it's uh, adapted by Eric Roth who won the Oscar for Forrest Gump he also did the uh, script for Curious Case of Benjamin Button and, um, and also did uh, co-wrote the script for Munich and The Insider so not too shabby mm. it's being directed by Stephen Daltrey who directed Billy Elliot and also directed The Hours mm. and he also directed The Reader mm. so yeah interesting though I, I mean I would de- I'm definitely interested in, interested in, I haven't read the book but I'm, I am a big fan of everything that's illuminated yeah and, and the concept alone sounds quite interesting and it, no it's a very it, it is a very interesting sounding concept and also you know I mean I'll watch anything Tom Hanks does I'll, mm. I'll go and see that guy read out of a phone book mm. <laughs> oh, I don't have worries about Tom Hanks you know, just Sandra Bullock yeah. yeah well you know maybe, maybe some of Tom Hanks's Tom Hanks's Hanksness 
Hanksisms will rub off. Will rub off on Hanksisms. <laughs> Sounds good when you say it, doesn't it? It does. Hanksisms. <laughs> Sounds dirty. There's a Hanksisms in the church in the uh, 19th century. Oh, I split off. <laughs> I totally gave her a Hanksism lap. <laughs> You've been Hanksed. <laughs> uh, did you see this uh, this memo? I think it's this 23 year old memo or something like that turned up from 997 about it's the casting notes for uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, no, I didn't see it. It's a fun little piece. Even the guy who wrote it doesn't remember it. It's like very, very early casting notes, but just like, you know, the ideas of what they were going for. But also, they can say that that's why it was just, you know, blue sky thinking, but it's actually a lot of the actors are in there. Like Picard is Patrick Stewart. Uh, also, Roy Thins, uh, Yafit Koto. Yafit Koto? Can you imagine Yafit Koto as Captain Jean Luc Picard? Yep. He, he'd kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that story about um, the, uh, this interview with Ridley Scott when he was talking about working with Yafit Koto in the first alien? No. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, on the day they were t- going to turn up to uh, sh- shoot his death scene where the alien kills him, apparently Yafit Koto's like, you know what? You know what, Ridley? I'm not going to die today. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, what? No. I've decided I'm going to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not going to die today. I'm going to kill the alien. <laughs> Let's change everything. <laughs> it's like a black Sonny Landham. Because <laughs> Sonny Landham, for those of you who don't know, who played Billy the Indian in um, uh, Predator, he was also the bad guy in 48 Hours, and he's been the bad guy in many movies. Yeah. In but apparently when they were doing Predator, uh, the first Predator, he had bodyguards not to uh, protect... Uh, but there, there was security there to protect everyone else from Sunny Land. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a little bit of a Yafid Kodoism going on there. Totally. Uh, but the, the one that's quite interesting is Jordy. Top of the list is LeVar Burton, which is kind of that's why I said it comes into Tim Ross, who ended up just you know, not getting cast until Voyager came along. And then Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. As Jordy. As Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been way back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Nin- Jenny, Jenny Agutter as uh, 19, Beverly? 1987. Yeah. Just just two years prior, uh, Wesley Snipes was acting in Wildcats yeah. with Goldie Hawn. And uh, was it Denise which, Crosby? Which, was which, Denise, which, Denise Crosby's the only name on the Troy, and Wesley's J.D. Roth. Do you know who J.D. Roth is? Mm-mm. No idea. But, uh, which, coincidentally, Wildcats, that was the actually the first collaboration between Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, they're they were both be, football players. They, the, the above actors would be brought in to read for Gene Roddenberry starting next week. So, what could have been? Shit, I can't imagine Wesley Snipes. In, uh, <laughs> in, is, is, I can't imagine Wesley Snipes in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit hard to get a handle on him in our universe. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't, I don't see the line always bet on black like playing very well in the Star Trek crowd. No. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, passenger 57. <laughs> the warp core is going to blow. Get your motherfucking ass out of here. Although these days it's more like Wesley Snipes, cell number 57. Yeah. <laughs> Although we, he was oh, a comic on. He wasn't co- was a comic on. He was at the fucking uh, dinner next door. Yeah, dinner yeah. next door. Yeah. yeah. He's short. Yeah. He's around my height. Mm. <laughs> What do you think about that, Wesley? Yeah. Yeah. You, you got no him. passport. You can't come here. <laughs> can't come here to kick my ass now. You're on the watch list, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I saw Blade 3. Jessica Beale stole it from you. <laughs> Luckily, Ryan Reynolds stole it from her. Yeah. So, so there's still some, you know. I have trouble watching action movies with chicks as the lead. 
just doesn't work. So you're not big into Resident Evil? <laughs> <laughs> Who is big into Resident Evil? I only believe that two chicks can kick ass. Sigourney Weaver, Linda Hamilton. Yeah. And Angelina Jolie, actually. She can kick some ass. That's a nice bit of news, actually. I think they're... Uh, the Ladies, I'm just kidding. I will see an action movie <laughs> if, the, if the woman is a lead. I can't promise I'll enjoy it, but you know I'll I'll, I'll go see it. But speaking of Sigourney Weaver, they also mentioned this week that the Reeboks she wore in Aliens that were marketed for like an incredibly short period of time, they didn't really push at all, and only in the movie for a couple of seconds. Yeah, they're making them again. Yeah, oh, the what? They're they making are. them. Yeah, yeah, they're making them. Yeah. Oh fuck! Limited edition. You mean, you mean I'm gonna have to buy a pair of Reeboks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Reeboks. <laughs> Why I hate Reebok because I hate that fucking old commercial where at the end it goes Reebok, Bok, Bok, Bok. And I hated that. It just pissed me off. My first pair of shoes was. No, actually, it wasn't. They were Nikes. Hmm. Yeah. Your first pair of shoes? Are you the first pair you bought for yourself? First, the first pair I ever bought for myself was a hmm. pair of Nikes because I like wearing something that I know is made by slaves. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All of. <laughs> All of them were extras in the cowboy way. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, The Cowboy no, Way? No, I hear you. With Woody about. Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland as cowboys that end up in New York City. You don't remember that movie? No. And they end up and they end up like rescuing these like uh, these like immigrants that, that it's a proto is the slave trade industry, and they end up like yeah, yeah, because they go to visit their friend, uh, Woody Harrelson's friend. Uh, uh, his his daughter is like coming from coming from Cuba, uh-huh. you know, and so they're all these like Cuban like fucking immigrants, and like they're all being sold off to the slave trade or the sex trade or whatever. And so the father goes looking for it, and then the father gets knocked off, and then uh, Woody Harrelson's trying to contact the father, who's the friend, and then Woody Harrelson's like, oh shit, we got to go to New York and look for him. So he enlists the fr- enlists the help of his friend Kiefer Sutherland, who's a rodeo dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to see this movie. What's it called? The Cowboy Way. The Cowboy Way. Yeah, it came out. It's in, like the Foot Fist Way, but with cowboys. No, it's nowhere near as funny as the Fist Foot Way. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments, but it's not a great film. It it it, uh, it came out in the early nineties. I think yeah. it was like ninety three or something. It came out. The director never worked again. Ah. <laughs> uh, this is a interesting piece of news. I mean, this particular project's been swimming about for a while, but they've only just recently confirmed uh, who's playing it. Uh, this is the, the new film from uh, director James McTeague, who directed uh, V for Vendetta and uh, Ninja Assassin. Mm-hmm. He was also the, um, the, uh, the, the second unit director on the, Ma- on the Matrix trilogy. Oh, yeah, 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 he was. Uh, but he is, uh, for, for a while, I read an interview with him quite some time ago. This was back when he was teasing the idea that they might be doing a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, the Wachowskis were, at one point were... Uh, approach to like write a write a pitch for a new Superman movie, and James McTeague was one of the yeah, directors. Yeah. One of the directors that was earmarked for the project. Uh, during an interview back then, he talked about this movie, The Raven, mm. um, which cool. involves Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. naturally. But uh, what you might think it's it's not actually what you might you know, what you th- what you might think it is because uh, it's not based at all on the poem, mm-hmm. The Raven. It's actually a fictional account. It's a serial killer movie. Oh yes, <laughs> it's uh, it's a serial killer movie and. Edgar Allan Poe is the hero, uh-huh. and he is tasked with solving the murders, in the, and the murders are inspired by his many famous stories. Oh, the stories were inspired yes, by the yes, many, uh, in, in his uh, hometown of uh, Baltimore in the 1840s. So it's peri- it's like it's like a serial killer version of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think they, they already have Edgar Allan Poe the comic right, where he does the same thing. Do they? Yeah, there is. It's like there's like there's that and there's H.P. Lovecraft, fighter of monsters. Yes, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that gets made into it. Yeah, it's that good, would be so it? fucking awesome. I mean, I've I've skimmed through it. Yeah, it looks insane. Uh, but 
Uh, for a while, they were saying that uh, Jeremy Renner, once again, mm-hmm. and uh, Ewan McGregor were uh, mentioned to be playing the roles, but... Um, the Popo. <laughs> yes, they were, spo- they were both in running to play the Popo, but now it has been confirmed, uh, by Twitter no less, that uh, John Cusack has signed on to play Edgar Allan Poe. That fit, kind of. Pale, interesting. Looks like a writer. Well, at the moment, I mean, it's like, yes, I, I, I can see the casting... I can I can see the casting working. The, my only thing is is that because they're going this serial killer route, what kind of tone are we go, are we going for? Uh, it could Please. it could so. Hey. <laughs> what kind of yeah? What kind of tone is going to be? Yeah, because I mean, you could choose to take it, you know, Jack the Ripper or Seven, you know, that route, which I'm yeah. hoping they do. Mm-hmm. Or you never know because it I could mean, be like, a madcap comedy. It could be it it could have this whole campy feeling to it because because yeah. I mean James McTeague, all right, V for Vendetta, fine. Yeah, but it. you know, but you know, Ninja Assassin from what I understand felt like they were made by two different people. Mm. So it's like it, it it's a little difficult to tell. I mean, like I I like the concept. I think it's kind of interesting and I like John Cusack, but uh, I would I would want to see some production stills. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a still or two, by the way. Uh, did you see that uh, they're going to start starting to get a writer for Iron Fist? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the studio's hardest screen article story, and the writer of choice is Rich Wilkes. Didn't didn't he write Airheads? He previously played <laughs> Vin Diesel flick Triple X. Run away! Oh, I don't know. Run away! He wrote Airheads. Did he? Yes. <laughs> He wrote Airheads And he also co-wrote The Jerky Boys Which wasn't the best movie In the world I haven't seen that I've only heard the tapes Well the best parts The best part of uh, The Jerky Boys movie Are their prank calls Yeah The movie itself Is shit is, uh, well, I, I, They were the prank calls first Then the yeah, movie Yeah so. they were the prank calls first you know, And it's not the Beastie Boys right That was the, the, the rumor for a while No 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 no, no, no. It, was the, it was these two guys from Brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> They were pretty funny though we They were pretty we funny We sit around the old factory Back home you know Down pit Listen to the Jerky Boys while we're making beds. It's, it is it is pretty funny. I mean, some of the things that they come up with, you know, it's like uh, he call, calls up this accordion show. It's like, yeah, I was just uh, bought an accordion from you guys a couple of days ago, and uh, I, you know, like there's something dead inside this thing. It stinks. It's like, well, what? What? What do you mean? It's like I don't know. There's something fucking dead inside this thing. It fucking stinks, man. It's stinking up my fucking house. And it's like, well, uh, why don't you why don't you bring it over here? Or or really, or, well, there's something else. Uh, it's like uh, I um. Had a little fight with the wife there, and I kind of knocked her about with it, so I kind of ripped it open. <laughs> you know, it's like you what? Yeah, yeah. I was just knocking her about, and then she hit me, and I fell off the nightstand, and then whacked my ass on the fucking table. He's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty funny shit. They were good. <laughs> they, they were funny. The script was crap. I remember the only. I remember I saw the movie. Uh, before actually my movie was my introduction to the Jerky Boys and then I went and listened to all the prank phone calls later but the main reason I saw the movie was because the executive producers for the for the Jerky Boys movie was Tony Danza and Emilio Estevez <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh shit <laughs> I gotta check this out Billy the Kid and who's the boss Airheads was called Hard Rock Hi- Hijack in Japan what? <laughs> Airheads was called Hard Rock Hijack Hard Rock Hijack film <laughs> <laughs> from Rich Starring California man. <laughs> Encino man. Yeah. Yes, but it was probably California man in, in, in Japan. Yeah. It was. I think it was Encino man only in the States, right? Yeah. And then everywhere else it was California. Yeah, because no one knows where Encino man is. Yeah. Yeah. That deserved a moment of silence, didn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> Did I miss this somehow? David Fincher is directing to 20,000. 
20,000 leagues under the sea I thought at the moment that's just being developed yeah but he's, he's on board apparently um, Finch after the previous one fell through after McGee's one fell through Fincher approached Disney themselves ahead and um, mentioned because it had been dropped remember because it was kind of like the new head yeah he's yeah, yeah. like yeah I'm going to kill everything my old the old boss was doing because they must suck because the old boss sucks and that's mm-hmm. all there is to mm-hmm. it but yeah, he approached them. And, but wasn't uh, McGee's version going to be like something like Captain Nemo Year One or something? something yeah, stupid yeah. bullshit like that. So they're saying here that the product was the project was developed Dave under the Patel. radar. And Dave Patel his, would play him. No, I think it was uh, it was Will Smith. <laughs> Will, Will Smith is Nemo. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> but it's, it's only in the it's only a matter of time before Will Smith. It's only a matter of time before Will Smith lobbies to play Jesus. You know that he wants to. All of his movies, he's like, I am proof that Jesus is black, and it'll be called. It'll be called like a prayer. <laughs> It'll be called. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh heaven no! I oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh hell no! I don't know. I don't know what it'd be called. And he saves the plan for maybe. Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah are teaming up. Oh brilliant! And you know I've been <laughs> I've been waiting years for this. <laughs> they're teaming. <laughs> they're, t- they're teaming up. To, they're teaming up for a film called Joyful Noise. No, it's um, not a joyful noise. Yes, Dolly Parton, Queen Latifah, and their four best friends, um, which I, who I do not know are, uh, is going to be played by who. Uh, it's a musical. Uh, surprise, surprise. It's about two women from different backgrounds, you, f- you think? Uh, two women from different, different worlds. They were supposed to be. They were, they were never supposed to meet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the two women from different backgrounds who are... F- who are uh, who, they join forces to present a small town's gospel choir from shutting down. Now, I hate to like say anything that might sound kind of like like racial stereotype, but who do you think belongs to the gospel choir out of those two? It's not Dolly, is it? I don't think it's Dolly. I don't think it's Dolly either. There are no country choirs, are there? Are there? Sister Act. If there are, they should be shot. <laughs> they chucked Whoopi and they went because she's in Sister Act in yeah. London now. Yeah, I know, I know. Playing the Mother Superior role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kathy Najimy can't can't do Sister Act anymore because now she's thin. Mm. And, Meg, we, and Maggie Smith's almost dead, yeah. so she can't fucking do it. <laughs> did we uh, mention actually last week before uh, we move on? Did I, we mention last week the Black Swan trailer? Yes, we did mention it. No, no, we, no, we haven't mentioned the Black yeah. Swan trailer. This looks, looks good. Yeah, this is. Um, this looks good. It's, it looks. This looks like one of those movies that is going to be very difficult to see. It's going to mess with your fucking it's mind. It's going to mess with my mind, and it's going to mess with my lower region. It's uh, what's his name? Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky's yeah. latest film. For those of you who don't know, Darren Aronofsky is the director of The Wrestler, Requiem for a Dream, Pie. Pi. I like um, Pie. I like Pie too. Mm. And um, the very underrated... Um, the Fountain. The Fountain. Yeah. A lot of people give that movie shit, but personally, I really enjoyed it. Right, it was very gold. I th- yes. Fried gold. Mm. I actually think it's Hugh Jackman's best performance. It's pretty good. He, he was he was very very good. And it doesn't overexplain. It's just nicely done. It's like woo. Mm-hmm. Todd Graff is uh, directing Joyful Noise. Todd Graff directed um, uh, he directed uh, Camp, which I enjoyed, and he directed Band Slam, which I refuse to see. Oh, <laughs> so it's got a kind of musical. Thing, right? Yeah, yeah. He li- he likes his music. Mm. Uh, there's also a little bit of trivia. Todd Graff was also one of the regular kids in the 1970 1970s PBS show The Electric Company. There you go. Sorry, there's a tumble we just rolled through there. What the, what the fuck? You, you don't know the electric company? No. You never got the electric company? No. Holy shit. The electric company is kind of like this educational program for kids. Uh, it's kind of like Sesame Street. They're a little bit, there are Muppets here and there. They turn up. 
Um, and uh, like how and, not and, right or actually just idiots. And yeah, <laughs> and Spider and Spider Man's in it as well. Which one? Like the actual Spider Man. Spider Man would have like there be there this there would be this like, superhero segment, and Spider Man would be there like cl- like swinging through like uh, look, looking for criminals, and the criminals were people who use bad grammar. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Say <So> what? <laughs> yes, and Morgan Freeman was uh, on. <laughs> And Morgan Freeman. Be quiet, researcher. Be quiet. <laughs> we do all this on our own. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, minutes into cobbling together this podcast. But you know, but you know what? There is there is a part of me that does want that that, that is always strangely happy when Dolly Parton is on screen. I've I always liked Dolly Parton. I, I don't listen to her music. I'm just I'm just I, this is something terrible popped to mind. Which part of which part of you I is a, excited? I had, a, I had a massive crush on Dolly Parton when I was in primary school. Uh-huh. I did. I think it was purely because of her tits. Mm. <laughs> I was I was what, how? That's the part that gets excited. Yeah, I know. I know, and they're still huge. Mm. <laughs> she has back trouble apparently. Yeah, she has a weak spine. But anyway, uh, Queen Latifah uh, will be playing uh, the mother of two teenage girls who is put in charge of the gospel choir after the death of the former director. Mm. And Dolly Parton will play uh, his widow who also wants the job. Mm. So so it's a, it's a superhero movie but with singing because they're going to face off first and then join forces together to fight Galactus. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. Which is the choir. And, and they're going to get Galactus right this time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever read seeing that? As, seeing as we're on Galactus, we should talk about... The Fantastic we Four. We should talk about this Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, no, it's, uh, this, is, this is like highly... This is rumor control. Yes. Fantastic Total Four. Total rumor. Fantastic Four is uh, one of the Marvel properties, along with Daredevil, that Fox needs to reboot soon. Otherwise, they will lose the rights. Yeah. And it'll go back to Marvel. Which it. everybody wants to see happen. Yeah. Because then you can get them into but, everything else. Yeah, but 20th Century Fox... Fox aren't done uh, bending us over and ass pry them us out over. of their cold <laughs> dead hands. That's right. The uh, the the as most of you will probably know, the uh, the first the first two Fantastic Four movies um, starred um, uh, Ewan Grufford as uh, Mister Fantastic, Jessica Albert as um, Sue, Sue Storm, Chris Evans as Human Torch, and Michael Chiklis as, as the Thing. I enjoyed the thing. for what I, they were. I didn't mind Chiklis in the role. I just had issues with the the, the makeup. It's like there are times when it looked cool, and then there are other times when it looked like sponge. Yeah, that's true. you know. But uh, the the one the one piece of genius casting in, in that in those movies was Chris Evans. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Evans. Oh, Chris Evans nailed the Human Torch. When they start throwing cars at each other, it's pretty funny. I know. But uh, that movie horribly fucked up Doctor Doom. Yes. Julian McMahon I mean like yeah. I, I've seen him and stuff you know what you're not a bad actor why do you suck in this movie mm. you know it's, it was just weird but anyway there's been some uh, new casting rumors and uh, right directorial now rumors is the, directorial rumors is the big thing first though right yeah well I mean uh, the casting rumors came out first so <laughs> oh, really? yeah so let's just talk about the casting rumors first these are just rumors yeah. none of this has been confirmed but for Mr. Fantastic the one that apparently has been earmarked is Adrian Brody mm-hmm. and I'm like fuck no but, but, absolutely yeah. not. You don't think so? You absolutely, have the absolutely fucking or no. This is splice hangover. No, no, this is this is wrong casting. <laughs> nothing to do with you know, like you know, it's like it's wrong fucking casting. Mister Fantastic does not have a Jewish nose. 
I will not allow that nose to be on Mr. Fantastic's face. Okay? They'll and build up the rest of his face with the, what's left of the thing makeup so it doesn't look so noticeable. Mr. Fantastic is supposed to be the geekiest looking, you know. You know but it's, Young Gruffin was pretty good as it. Yeah, I thought Young Gruffin did alright. Because the material he had to work with was yeah, pretty Yeah, it's just weak. that he had a shit role. Yeah. But Adrian Brody, fuck no. Fuck no, absolutely not. You know, it's like, I'd rather see uh, John Hamm. Madman, the guy from Madman. I'd rather see. Yeah, yeah. I'd he's rather see. Look. I know, but but then again, from the gen, my, from my generation, my, how I see Fantastic Four, I don't necessarily see it as the ultimate Fantastic Four. Yeah. Like uh, the, I mean, for Ultimates being from the Ultimate Marvel line, where they're all young and rebooted. Yeah, they, well, they rebooted. They rebooted their comics. You know, I mean, they, just, I, they didn't. They didn't stop doing the old ones. You know, I like the gray-haired uh, Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. So you got to get like John Hamm, or you got to get Clooney. Clooney would be a good fucking Fantastic. Yeah. Player. There you go. Although Clooney's, he's a bit past that. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, you know, I think one super superhero movie was enough. Yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, I don't think he wants to kill another. He's franchise. burned that bridge. Yes, he's napalmed that bridge. <laughs> One of the few people to destroy a franchise and then go on to have an illustrious career. Yes, <laughs> um, he got an Emmy last night for humanitarian awards for doing like a telethon and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, shit. Because he was like he's doing telethons for I think for Cuba and shit. Sue Storm. Apparently, the top choice is Alice Eve, and she was in She's Out of My League. I didn't see that movie, but I've seen pictures of her. Mm-hmm. Uh. I guess if you're going the ultimate Fantastic Four route, she doesn't look entirely wrong for it. But mm-hmm. next to Adrian Brody, she looks too fucking young. So no. Um, Kevin Pennington is rumored to play Johnny Storm. Kevin Pennington is in 909210. So you, there you uh, have my opinion of whether or not you should mm. play it. The only thing that they've suggested that I kind of think might be a good idea is that they, they're going to make the thing entirely CG. Mm-hmm. But to play the voice of the thing... Two actors that have been mentioned are Bruce Willis and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, really? Yeah. Bruce Willis, dude. Yeah. <laughs> although I was playing a game... Although, if you're just going to get the voice, then fuck, why don't you just get like Mickey Rourke or someone, like uh, Michael Clark Duncan, someone with a big... Booming. Booming fucking voice. Yeah. Big Rams. No. Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale. Because his voice is... Of mad. all rock. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, I can speak normally. I can't stop talking like this. <laughs> What's that work? <laughs> you and me, Mr. Fantastic, we're done professionally. Richards! <laughs> uh, but... Uh, directors that have been earmarked for this is uh, the first one is David Yates who directed uh, Harry Potter's four through the, eight or the, something yeah the last four Harry Potter movies he also directed the TV version of State of Play oh yes yeah um, James McTeague again mm-hmm. the Vendetta and Joe Carnahan who directed the, the A Team who would you like to see do this. I'd like to see Joe Carnahan do it, just to be honest. Yeah, because he nailed the fun yeah, elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A-Team yeah. was very much, it was a team movie, it was four of them. This, give There's this four sh- of them. Yeah. yeah. He's got it down. Yeah, you give this shit to David Yates, who he'll probably like make it all serious and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, I mean, because that is the one thing I thought that those old movies nailed, was that it is goofy fun. Yeah. They are supposed to be goofy fun. They're not Peter Parker. They're not Mopey. They're like, yeah. hey, that's... This is a dysfunctional family. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a dysfunctional family comedy that just happens to have like superpowers, superpowers, and sci-fi shit happening. Although, no family. Although, if I mean, whoever's listening, if you are a, if you are someone of power that actually has something to do with this, so can you please do Galactus properly? Yes. I have no interest in watching a Fantastic Four movie that is going to fuck up Galactus again. No, they have to do the moment now. They've done Galactus. The no, they haven't done Galactus. Yes, I know they haven't, but no. from, you know, from the suits idea, it's like we could do this. No, 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 no. Galactus is a huge fuck off giant human person with giant purple 
gimp suit. That's right. And handlebars. And that's what we want to see. We want to see handlebars on his head. We don't want to see a cloud. We live no. in fucking Malaysia. We get enough fucking clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a cloud, bitch? <laughs> anyway, give it to Joe Carnahan. That, yeah. that guy deserves a break after 18 not doing too well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that bums me out. What, the A-Team didn't do too well? Yeah. Yeah, it bummed me out as well, because that's a, that's a movie I would have liked to have seen a sequel a sequel from. Yeah. <laughs> Pisses me off, motherfuckers. Uh, have you heard that uh, there's another Michael Jackson concert movie coming? No. Yep. After uh, I don't this, care either. After This Is It grossed $260 million in worldwide ticket sales, uh, apparently um, a former Jackson associate, Ron Newt, is trying to shop around a movie featuring unseen rehearsal footage from Jackson's 1981 Triumph tour. More of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although this, this, this did come from TMZ, so I mean, you know, put it on the might not be true. I saw that TV show where they stand around in cubicle hell and debate each other yeah, over yeah. shit. That's fucked up. I can't watch that show. Like, what are you doing? Who are you people? Uh, I remember like there was Fuck. there was one episode where they were all having an argument about Elijah Wood yeah. because they caught Elijah Wood like after he was leaving lunch and it's like what you have what you have like I had the steak and it's like you should try the steak man it's awesome Elijah Wood was saying this and then the guys like dude it's like dude I don't eat meat and, then, and as Elijah was getting in his car he just he just said you don't what a shame <laughs> <laughs> and so like and so like half of the TMZ uh, um, like staff they were all like. I used to, I, I I didn't really like this guy before, but now I fucking love it. You know, and then you That's had exactly what that show's like. You know, and then you had more, and then you had, and then you had the other half were all vegetarians, mostly women, and they were like, I thought that was a very insensitive statement that he made. It's like it's like all the, all the meat lovers are like, what are you talking about? That's ex- that's a perfect statement to make. Where's the beef? You don't understand. To 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 us, it is a shame. We are we we do feel sorry for you people starving in the street. They were, that, that was the that was the only uh, episode of TMZ I've ever seen that I actually laughed at. I thought that was actually pretty funny. The rest of the time I watch TMZ I'm like you guys are fucking retards yeah, yeah exactly you guys are retards you, you gotta get- watch that you gotta watch the use of that word Jennifer Aniston got a lot of trouble using that word on uh, was it Jay Leno Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston compared herself to a retard yeah. I am calling these people retards there is a very distinct difference <laughs> and I have nothing against retards I've, I used to work in a retard house before they can stop just don't give them ice cream <laughs> Stop! <laughs> but so yeah, according to TMZ, Ron Newt is putting together a 64-minute feature film from his footage, which includes several candid moments involving Michael and his brothers. Wow! Michael can also be Michael. Will, <laughs> this this is the thing. This is this is the part that cracked me up. Michael will also be seen dancing, singing, and directing the stage production. You think? Oh, <laughs> no, I really don't want to see anymore. It's, it's, it's over. I, no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Michael Jackson fan, and I have no interest in watching another fucking Michael Jackson concert. Constant yeah. movie. I mean, the guy's gone. You know, let it go. Let it go, dude. You did you see the trailer for 127 Hours? Yes, I did. What do you think? I'm reserving judgment. It looks beautifully shot. Yeah. But anything more than that, it's like tonally, it's a bit fucked up as a trailer. As as a trailer, it's like it, this is not the trailer I was expecting. No. Uh, but also, I, I didn't think it was in like that area of America with all that red, yeah. red sand shit. I thought it was halfway up like a mountain. A but what I, but what mossy I, covered mountain. But what I uh, did like about it is that it kind of gives you the impression that the trailer is only showing you like the first fifteen minutes, maybe, of the movie. Ten, apparently. Yeah, because like uh, they have talked about how it is more about. I think maybe some of a lot of his flashback or something maybe or there's yeah. something about the, the, they've talked the way they talk about this movie they've talked about it in um, such a way that it seems to be like yes he is like in it on his own for most of the movie yeah but there is whether it's reminiscences or flashbacks or something this other stuff happens but it also 
the end of the trailer, which uh, it won't spoil it for you. It's 127 hours. It's the story of the guy who gets his arm trapped under a rock. It's basically like this: he's uh, this this daredevil motherfucker, and he gets he gets he gets stuck. But when he gets stuck, <laughs> it got- lingers about 10 seconds too long. Yeah. At that bit, and the music goes weird for a second. Yeah. It's just like, what are you doing? I know, I know, I know. It that does. could be like a kind of like wow moment. Yeah, and it's not. It did feel a little weird. I mean, like it wasn't the trailer I was expecting from no. it. Uh, although I am going to reserve judgment because everything else that I've heard about the film, it sounds amazing. I mean, yeah. like it's it's James Franco's Castaway. Apparently, like there are sections in the movie that go on for over an hour where there isn't a single line of dialogue, which uh, I like. I mm. like that shit. No. I mean, when I saw Castaway. The part of the movie in which I started to turn against the movie was as soon as he got off the island, the score came in and mm. fucked it up. You know, I mean, because one thing about Robert Zemeckis, when he's not doing thrillers and horrors, his scores are terrible. Mm. Uh, I mean, okay, back to the future aside, but it's like if you look at all of the, like Forrest Gump, if you look at, uh, you know, like even Castaway, the score, it's like his scores are always telling you how to feel. Yeah. And I hate scores like that. It's yeah. a, but but it's however however when he does like tension like when he does like what lies beneath the score for what lies beneath was insane the that noise when the radio comes on yeah 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 that fucked me up <laughs> it was like that's that's literally the brown note that's the, that thing was like oh my god they distilled all my fears and paranoia into one noise for twenty seconds <laughs> I was disturbed but I was oh and then you know someone over the other side started laughing because that was one of those movies that was definitely a roller coaster yeah 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 like after the after you were scared fucking shitless by you know fucking the dog coming into the bathroom yeah. a few it's times one, yeah, it's one of those people started that, going ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing it's afterwards like, it gets be- to that point where you're screaming so much that you just start laughing because yeah to, help, to make yourself feel better <laughs> but you can never feel better although that that didn't happen when I saw The Descent no I wasn't laughing at all when no. I saw The Descent <laughs> <laughs> make it stop make it stop <laughs> Uh, side note, I am very much looking forward to watching Centurion, mm-hmm. the new film from Neil Marshall, director of The Descent. It's been out in the UK for ages. When the fuck's it out? Like, it's not even out in the US yet, right? It's coming. It uh, opens opens uh, this this la- opened like this last weekend. I probably should have gone to see that instead of The Wolfman in limited release. Oh shit! You had a choice between Centurion and The Wolfman. Well, not really. I went to see The Wolfman, but like you know, could have followed me. I could have gone to see Centurion, but it was like, well, I should kind of see London. Uh-huh. This is something uh, another piece of news that I'd like to talk about because it involves two actors who are trying their best to star in every single movie that's being released. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds and Bradley Cooper are teaming up. Not Chris Evans, but because but the two, two of them on screen, the cinema would explode. Ryan Reynolds and Chris Evans in the same movie, equipping equipping each other. No, I can't handle it. It's Green Lantern. No, it's Deadpool. No, it's Flash. No, wait, he came close. <laughs> and he's with Captain America, who's also the Human Torch. What? Who's, who's also Lucas Lee. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Do you think that the two of them are actually friends and they get on the phone and just bullshit about that kind of I don't know. Thing? I don't know. Because there are some weird... It's like, I heard you Captain America. It's like, I heard you Green Lantern. Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> I got the ring, bitch. Yeah, well, I got the shield. <laughs> I got the shield. Green Lantern, he, he's got to... He's, you got to rely on the first movie being good. Even if Captain America sucks, I'm still in the Avengers. <laughs> God, I, I'm starting to wish they are friends now. You know, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall while they're coming. There was something during the week that was like, there's just there are weird groups of like just actors who are friends and stuff in Hollywood. I mean, you, you people you would not expect are friends, so mm-hmm. they're probably are friends. They all they go to the same parties, probably. 
and they look alike, mm. and they both have the same kind of beard. <laughs> Ryan, again, you're confused. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and Bradley Cooper, <laughs> they are uh, acting in an untitled action comedy that uh, is written by Sheldon Turner, who wrote the uh, Oscar-nominated Up in the Air. Mm. Uh, the story is about two friends uh, who just also happen to be San Francisco cops, um, yeah, uh, whose fathers were once partners on the police force. Mm-hmm. And the older generation is forced out of retirement to help their sons crack a case. Uh, so yeah, so far so predictable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but however, the one thing that uh, does make it sound a little bit different is that apparently it is going to be a hard R. Okay, cool. Uh, it's going to have like a lethal weapon flavor. Yeah, they're both going to go up and beat. They're both going to go and beat up Gary Busey. Uh, Brian. Ryan Reynolds has got. I mean, when I, when I said like uh, he, these guys are planning on starring in every movie that's being released. I mean, Ryan Reynolds has an insane lineup of movies coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He's got Buried coming out, which yep. I really want to see. That looks mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Green Lantern, which uh, apparently they are already planning uh, to do as a trilogy. Uh, he's uh, also about to start shooting the comedy The Change Up with Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. and he's attached to Deadpool and R.I.P.D., which is another comic book adaptation. Yeah. And he's also signed on to the spy thriller Safe House opposite Denzel Washington. Oh. Bradley Cooper will next be seen in the movie The Dark Fields with Robert De Niro. He's also doing The Hangover 2 and, an, and another untitled comedy drama, which is based on a pitch by Alan Loeb, who uh, is the writer of the Wall Street sequel. Mm. Busy boy! Mm. Did you see the trailer for Enter the Void? Yes, I did. This movie looks awesome. It's, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I don't know what it's about either, but it's, it's from the guy who directed Irreversible. Irreversible. I will watch anything that guy does. you watch Irreversible? Yes, I did. It's hard going, man. It is hard going. And, like, you know, I think the, was it, the credits play at the beginning. Like, the movie's backwards. I know, I know, I know. It's fucked up. It's a really, it's a really fucked, fucked up movie. Up movie. It's in, it is not one for sitting down on a Saturday evening with no. a few beers to watch. <laughs> Although, it is hard going, but it is very, very good. What he does with that fucking fire extinguisher. I know. That was yeah. hard to it's, watch. It's insane. And it... And it ten and minute it, rape scene. Yes, it has the most disturbing rape scene ever. Yeah. Um, a very, very close... A very, very distant second would be when Jodie Foster got nailed on top of that pinball machine and mm. the accused. It's fucked up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or, or, or as I like to call it, the Michelle Rodriguez defense. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the funniest things that I heard an actor say at Comic Con. Remember, like, remember when that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When that? When that have you ever thought of doing when, a softer have you, have role? You ever, have, have you ever thought of like playing like a more feminine role? And she's like, "What do you mean, get raped and win an Oscar?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I love you. I will see every movie you're in." She was funny. She was very funny. Though. She was very funny. She was very very personable. Yeah, very personable. She's a doge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, apparently the IMDb says it's about a drug-dealing teen is killed in Japan after which he reappears as a ghost to watch over his sister. But the visuals look fucked up! I know, I know. I mean, this movie does look insane. And I am really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Another, another uh, p- possible movie that I have no, tr- no problem with at all. Uh, ben Stiller has confirmed that Zoolander 2 is happening. Mm. Uh, he's been He's been talking about this for quite a long time. Mm. Um, but uh, just recently he... Um, uh, just uh, just recently, he he did say that a sequel is indeed in the works. Again, via his Twitter account, mm-hmm. is Zoolander two happening? Yes, working on it now with my buddy Justin, Justin Thoreau, the guy who he uh, who co-wrote uh, Tropic Thunder. With yeah, and he also co-wrote Iron Man two, and he was also in uh, Inland Dragon Empire Angels too. And he Dragon's was Angels, also, yes, yeah, and he, he was also in Inland Empire. Hmm. Not bad. <laughs> Emails? Yep, let's go. Okay, so this week, um, 
If you are listening last week, you might remember that we, once again, we did dip into the casting on McGappin Fry's movie once before. Yes, we, we talked a little bit. Uh, no, no, no. We never talked about the casting for the McCaffrey Fry's movie, but we did before once. We, we, oh, we had a question. We had a question that we'll asked us, us like uh, if we if, if there was a movie based on ourselves, who would play us? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think who, did I say Joseph Gordon-Levitt then? You said, I don't think you said it back then. I said well, I think I might have said it like a young Matthew Broderick or something. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I changed my mind. Now I would like to be played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Your 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 but your 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 actor still is still the same. So, still Simon, Simon Pegg. <laughs> Edgar Wright's got to direct it. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Wright can play you. Just get him to shave. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's got to get his teeth fixed. I don't I don't have that big of a gap. Ah. Yeah. Uh, but, and, my, uh, and my voice is considerably bassier. <clears throat> but controversially, uh, you referenced that Andrew Strong from The Commitments would play my mate Dave. I did, I did. And so Dave writes in. But I, and I would like to add to that once this email has been read out. Thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> so uh, Dave writes. Please write. P- please read out the whole thing. I am. <laughs> Dave writes. Hey, fuckos! I got a question for you. What does Dave look like? Not fucking Andrew Strong, that's what. As a lifetime listener, I must admit, I'm not happy with that comparison at all. I look nothing like that big, fat, uh, big, ugly, fat slob. Everyone knows I look like Colin Farrell when he has short hair. And for the few who don't know this, deserve to be correctly informed. How am I supposed to get a share of your podcast groupies now? Gav, I'm not impressed with you. You're obviously jealous and still smarting from the Comic-Con video that was so lovingly dedicated to me. By you. <laughs> but it's you, Ian, I'm most disappointed with. You know right well I love nothing like the aforementioned Mr. Strong, but did nothing to stick up for me and my image rights. <laughs> I know you were a bit confused at first when you said it, but then you just went along with it. I was left waiting for you to clarify the matter, but it never happened. Well, it could have happened, but I boycotted the rest of the podcast and have since burned it, buried it upside down, and pissed on the ashes. <laughs> Could this be the end after 64 loyal episodes? Tune in next week to hear if my cock and balls set the record straight. Later, torch monkeys. <laughs> Dave is, as ever, his eloquent self. Okay, first of all, first of all, before I even uh, uh, before I even come up with a response to that, which well, okay, I have come up with, but, but before I respond to that. I would like to say that... I'm going to turn up uh, the aircon. Fuck off, hang on. <laughs> I would like to say that once we get our blog up and running, if he is still talking to us, he should write something. He should contribute. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Dave, I would very much like you to be one of our contributors because you are an amazing writer. <laughs> you are an amazing writer. He just talks like that. I know. Does he talk like that? <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. I... I <laughs> God, I got to be get, fair. I got to get wasted with this guy. I said to him, I said I wouldn't say to him, but I said, you know, I said on the cast, it might work over the voice, just the voice. Okay, and that is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's what I'm getting We're at. We're not implying in any way, shape, or form that David is some kind of stunt potato man. No, 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 he's not. He does not at all resemble a bus conductor. No, no, no. What I was, what in my defense, the reason I brought up Andrew Strong was because. At the time in which we were discussing it, the idea was purely from a vocal point of view. Plus, we you know, liked, people, we, people outside Ireland think everyone talks like that. We like the, you know, like I, you know, I kind of like the idea that, like, uh, that, that the character of Dave would be in the McGappin Fry's movie, but he would just be a voice. Yeah, on the phone. So you know, so I thought of Andrew Strong because number one, he's Irish. Mm-hmm. Number two, 
I haven't seen him in anything since, and I think he might appreciate the work. Uh huh. You know, and, and, that, and also number three, which you might not know, is that David has a beautiful singing voice. There you go. <laughs> you know, so I was thinking primarily for uh, Andrew Strong's well-being. Yes. You know, naturally, if you were going to be a real character in it, then of course we would have gone with you know someone else. Like he does look a bit like Colin. You Farrell. know, we would have gone with Colin Farrell. You know, uh, with short hair. Yeah. He hasn't got a bullseye as far as either. He doesn't. No, not well, anymore. That's a shame. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, uh, I, I am truly sorry if I upset you, but I was not thinking of the physicalized version of yourself. I was thinking more just of an out-of-body voice, and I thought it would be interesting to have Andrew Strong come in and do a day's work in the recording studio, because, uh, you know, I would personally be quite proud of the fact that I gave that dude some work. And got, got, got your commitments DVD signed. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Dave, I'd say, yeah, either Colin Farrell or Robert De Niro, definitely. Or Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I think they would like the Ryan yeah. Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds does an Irish accent. <laughs> why can't you like why me does suit? He, why can't you do Why can't you like me hat? Why does Ryan Reynolds sound like Johnny? <laughs> God, who played... Did we say who played Johnny? Huh? Cherry on fat is Chiren. Chiren? Fuck no. <laughs> Samo Hung is <laughs> Oh, that's hard. Sam, no, but even Summer Hung's lost some weight, so we've got to think of someone else. Oh. I don't know. Maybe like that. I don't know. Remember in Big Trouble in Little China when that guy got really pissed off after David when he saw that his master was dead and he started breathing really hard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he swelled. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can. Maybe that guy can play Chiron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who can play Johnny? I don't know. Someone ugly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> friends of mine, you cock. <laughs> Are you telling me he's good looking? If, 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 no if, comments. <laughs> if a girl wanted to hook you up, with a, wanted, wanted you to hook her, like, uh, hook her up on a blind date, and you suggested Johnny, and, he's, and she asked, is he handsome? What would you say? How about them dolphins, eh? <laughs> Where have all the bees gone? Uh, so, anyway. Dave, Dave. We apologize. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I am serious. I would very much like you to contribute, because you're fucking funny. Get days reviews and you look nothing like Andrew Strong and you better have seen Scott Pilgrim you fucker I told you to go see it last weekend go fucking see it <laughs> anyway that's our email for today if any of, if anyone else would like to drop us a line you can um, email us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com yep you can podcast at mcyappenfries.com <laughs> drop us a line <laughs> do we have another question sure um Okay, it's kind of hard to follow Dave's question, but this is inspired by the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. So, fuckos, maybe it's, it might work along. <laughs> okay, but anyway, uh, what are a couple of your favorite Kevin Bacon movies? Tremors, Tremors, absolutely. It's got to be Tremors. Um, Stir of Echoes. Oh, I like that. Stir of Echoes. That was a very good film. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Kevin Bacon is that he's always been more of a character actor. So it's like there are lots of movies where he turns up for like a short while, but you just love him in it. Like I, I loved him in A Few Good Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved him in Flatliners. Uh, I, I have a soft Flatliners is great. It's a great movie. I mean, that is a great movie. I mean, it, it is probably what was his vision? Um, Kiefer Sutherland had a little prick with the hockey stick. Yeah, that he killed when he was a kid. Yeah, um, Julie Ke- Roberts had the, her father. No, uh, Ke- Kevin ba- Kevin Bacon was. Um, that that kid that that uh, that black that black girl that young black girl that used to that he used to make fun of in school, and it's like because he's he's sitting on he's on the train and then suddenly this black girl turns around and is like hey got a match well I do you're facing my ass 
What are you looking at? Cogbot, Jagoff, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I just I'm like, completely blanking. Just start bitching him out, and then he wakes up. He's like, fuck. And so what happened was is that he goes up to, um, he drives up to this chick's house, and she's now like a grown woman, and you know he apologizes and everything, and then after that it stopped. Yeah. Yeah, but but Kevin Bacon was like the nice guy in the group. So nothing bad really yeah, happened. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland was the guy who just yeah. kept getting beaten up. And, you know, but, yeah, but Billy Baldwin got fucked over as well, because all of the chicks that he fucked... We were all haunting him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, Oliver uh, Platt was in there as well, right? Yeah, Oliver Platt was in there. But he was the only one that didn't flatline. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. Still, though, Tremors. It's it's best yeah. Kevin Bacon movie. It's probably the best movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> and I do and I do have a soft spot in my heart for Quicksilver. And I did, and I, and I did enjoy Kevin Bacon in uh, National Lampoon's Animal House. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> but Kevin Bacon's just one of those guys that he's been in everything. And yeah. He, and he's awesome in everything. And he's still being in everything. He'll be an X-Men soon as well. Yeah, he'll be an X-Men. And uh, he was excellent in uh, Taking Chance. Remember mm-hmm. that uh, HBO movie that I Yeah, that I still have that more so. Yeah. But yeah, I, would, I mean, the movies, that, the, the movies that spring to mind immediately would be Stir of Echoes. Yeah. And uh, Flatliners. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're happy. And I suppose, and I suppose, Footloose should get an honorary mention. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody get loose. Yep. And of course, he had one of the best death scenes ever in Friday the Thirteenth. Fucking. He, he was in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah. He died. Fucking great death. Is it better than one in Part he, Seven where the he, gets he was, held in a guitar? It's <laughs> pretty awesome. His death in Friday. Like one of a boat. Yeah. <laughs> His death in Friday the Thirteenth was. Sort of like that, that franchise's version of Johnny Depp's death in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, all right, cool. Very, very nice. <laughs> so, yeah, thank yeah. you for your questions. Thank you, and send them into podcast at mcgettonfries.com. So, yeah, you may have noticed that we were avoiding reviewing movies this week. <laughs> uh, I will. I review. Uh, first, I, ref- <laughs> I went to a special screening of Vampires Suck, mm-hmm. and. I wish I could review the entire movie, but I walked out after 20 minutes. Was it that bad? It is horrible. Really? It is fucking horrible. But it did better than Scott fucking Pilgrim. Yes, it did. Um, I mean, this movie is so bad. It's supposed to be a comedy, right? Uh It's so fucking bad that it actually makes the movie it's spoofing look funnier. So a scary movie then? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a scary movie because, I mean, personally... I thought the first scary movie was very funny. Mm. I didn't really care much for the sequels, but even Scary Movie Four is funnier than this piece of shit. Oh my god! Is it the one with the weed monster? Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's three, I think. Is it? I yeah. Four is the one with Michael Jackson and the aliens. Right. I thought that was Men in Black too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's it's a piece of shit. It the story. That's where the parodying on that. It follow it it follows the exact same story of Twilight. Naturally, mm. uh, and and this is not. Is a it too retarded? It is. It is completely too retarded. It is completely retarded. There's only one part that made me that made me sort of giggle. How's your twisty? It's all right. <laughs> so I mean, so I don't need to explain the story because you know the story. If you if if you see this movie, it's probably because you've seen Twilight and you got sick of Twilight and you want to see a movie that makes fun of Twilight. It tries its best to make fun of it. It just doesn't do it in a funny way at all. It's really? a piece of shit. I saw the first 20 minutes. I don't think it was going to get any better. Is it as bad as Dracula Dead and Loving It? You know what? I would see D- Dracula Dead and Loving It again before watching this piece <laughs> of shit. You know? 
Leslie Nielsen is funnier just just, yeah, just, just, just being him just being him than any Reading of the phone book he's funny. number one none of these people can fucking act although the girl the lead does do a somewhat decent job of um, imitating moping. Of, of moping yeah. you know but it's just not fucking funny the only part that kind of made me giggle was um, is that uh, the guy who's playing fucking Jacob uh-huh. yeah, you know like um He's like, uh, he's 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 talking to her, like saying, "Oh, get you know, I I I I fixed up your truck myself. Get in there and just like, you know, try it out." And as he's trying to talk to her, you know, it's like he's get he starts like twitching and starts sniffing stuff because he's a dog, uh-huh. right? And he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go, I gotta I gotta go take a piss." And he and he pisses like a dog on, on, on a, a fire hydrant. On a fire hydrant, and that's stupid. They're, that, they're, it's predictable. That is fucking stupid. Uh, the only part that made me laugh was like, I'm just going through some changes, and he sees a cat, and he just goes, "Cat!" and he chases after it. <laughs> that was the only part that I actually kind of giggled in the first five minutes. In in the first five minutes, but after that, it was all just painful. Dietrich Bader plays um, the father. I love Dietrich Bader. I love B- Dietrich Bader too, but I mean, he's like, the Batman. Yeah, but again, it's oh, he's not the Batman. Sorry, he's he's he's, one the, of the, he's, he's the brave from the brave and the bold. He's the brave and the bold Batman. Uh, not to be mistaken with Kevin Conroy. No. Uh, but it's just embarrassing. It's just a horrible piece of shit movie. And the fact that it's made more money than Scott Pilgrim just... Pisses it, it, you off. It just off. pisses me off that this piece of shit even got made in the first place. I hope every single person involved in this fucking movie has a horrible, tragic accident. And that they can never, ever be, ever contaminate the movie going public ever again. This so they're, they're reserved for the special hell where the Wayne brothers go. The Wayne brothers have done a couple of decent things, you know. Yeah, like, but they also did White Chicks. Yes, you know. But they also, you know, but Keenan Ivory Wayans also did. I'm going to get you, sucker. You know, the first scary movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are there are some bright spots in those career, in in those people's careers. But it's just like this movie is just fucking horrible. I hate it. I hate the fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I watched uh, Tekken just that very recently, mm-hmm. uh, based upon the fighting game, to find out who is the king of Iron Fist. Now, the games make no fucking sense at all. Well, I mean... It's a fighting game. Yeah. It's I not mean, supposed to. It's like, it's like, it's like, how can you make a Street Fighter movie? The game has no story. Yeah. <laughs> all it does is just, it's fucked up. And like, and, uh, the Tekken is even more so, because all the different characters is like, yes, there is some guy avenging his father against Hahachi, <laughs> and there is a girl who's doing some shit for revenge as well, and there's also a giant fucking samurai who also, you know, impale, you can impale yourself and kill the guy who's standing behind you. If he's standing behind you, again, hi Dave... Classy move, but you know, sometimes I was standing on the other side of the screen when he did it, so he just killed himself for no reason. Uh-huh. But um, good move. But um, this movie got off on the wrong foot with me because it starts with you know filling in the world, which is after the terror wars, and uh, obviously they used the rest of the. But I thought it was going to be all like this, but no. Uh, they started off with clips from Godzilla. Triple X, and I think Doomsday Mm -hmm. to show like the world chaos. So there's that shot of like the army base in New York Harbor for Godzilla, Uh uh and there's the shot of like the plantation of drugs blowing up in Triple X, where you know Triple X is being tested the first time Mm -hmm. with Vin Diesel. Uh So they use those. It's it's not like similar shots. They've actually used the actual the bits from the fucking movie. (laughs) I'm like, what? What the what the fuck? But it does, I guess, they're using it to set up the world, which is that, you know, co- governments have fallen. There are corporations now running everything. And Tekken, which is in the same font as the video game, <laughs> runs one of them, and every year they have a fight. And um, the winner of that fight, you know, you get loads of money and shit like that. And it's like one guy whose mother is played by Tamlin Tamita. 
I like her. Yeah, she's been. I was like, I was like weirded out by her being in it. It's like, what the hell? She's the uh, she's Ralph Macchio's uh, squeeze from Karate Kid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was also Antonio Banderas's wife in uh, the, the four in the four rooms segment that yeah. Rodriguez directed. But for those who care, uh, the follow story follows Jin Kazama. Mm. Who is yeah? He's one of the, he's his, car- his mother gets iced by Tekken, and he's going to take him down. And Hayashi is um, Kari Hiroyoku Tagawa. You know him? Mm-hmm. He's in loads of shit, but he's got the. Unfortunately, the rest of the world looks pretty good. Like there is a guy called Brian in the game. What Brian? Um, who is a giant fucking robot with huge fists? <laughs> but they actually managed to make that work. His hairdo, they will not ever get to work. He's got, like, the Picard, but instead of, like, keeping it tight, he's let it grow and has, like, horns. Right. So Hair, hair horns. Hair horns, right. yeah. <laughs> and he just grows all the time. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Raven Khan. Uh, Anthony Dale plays Kazuya. <laughs> he's in a couple of things as well. You might have seen him in. Uh, the game, the characters they do get Yoshimitsu in there which is nice for the fans of the thing but um, the fighting is awesome so Jinkazama is played by John Fu who was uh, he's a stuntman um, he was actually in shit he's in that Street Fighter Legacy little thing that, that came out a while ago uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah he was Ryu so he has oh, he's, right. got, he's done both now uh, he was in Universal Soldier Regeneration Oh, was he? Yeah, he's a Unisol number two. I couldn't recognize anyone because it was all shot so fucking He's black. one of the League of Shadows warriors in uh, Batman Begins. Really? Yeah, so I mean, oh. and he's got the chops. That is one thing. This is a fighting movie. Mm-hmm. And on that level, it works very well. It does, the fighting the, cool. the fighting is cool. And he takes hits. Like, they're fighting on a stone platform in the middle of an arena that they kind of dress with, like, different shit for, like, to, to mimic the game's levels. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, so they're fighting in a temple, so it's, like, rafters from a roof. But that floor looks hard and, like, you see him land awkwardly. This isn't, like, a nice landing where you just land perfectly where you're not going to break anything. He's, like, getting flipped and, like, landing on, like, just above his arse. Ouch. You know, where it looks like that's got to fucking hurt. Yep. Uh, and then Luke Goss turns up. Luke Goss. <laughs> Luke Goss is uh, Steve Fox. So he's, uh, you know, he he was an old Tekken fighter and he's the manager. He's Rusty. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, the story goes all over the place, but it does manage to have a story, which is good for a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And it does actually, it, it, very much like Repo Man, which we'll get to in a bit, it does a little bit nicely on that world building. Like they do, despite the stock footage at the beginning, they do have some nice spanning, you know, Blade Runner-esque skylines mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have these guys the jacks who all look like uh, what's the warriors with the big sticks where you hit each other wear black shit it's like kabuki something else I, I know the kind like of the metal mean. ring I know metal, the kind you mean but metal I, faces I, I, what samurais yeah they have like those metal grill things over their face I know the ones you mean I just yeah. can't can't quite place what they're called right yeah well, there's like a load of cool looking dudes like that yeah it's pretty cool um, there's a totally unnecessary love story with uh, Christy Montero who I can't even fucking remember from the game I think she was sucky uh, and also what's his name Eddie Gordo gets into it which for Tekken fans is great because he's the Corpero guy mm-hmm. you know the dancing shit mm-hmm. uh, the cheapest fucking player in the game because you just hammer the buttons and he jumps around and can kick your ass he's like Dalsim yes very much <laughs> he's for guys like who can't play video games you know like you know you yeah he's like a, I, I use Dalsim all the time <laughs> I remember when I was in, in, in high school you know, I'd take Dalsim my friend would take like uh, Ken or like you know yeah. all the cool kids all take Ken and yeah. Ryu and all that 
but I'd still win. Because like, and, and you'd be on the far side of the screen, I'd be on the far side of the screen, like throwing the fist, and they get all pissed off, and it's like, can you stop fucking doing that? Huh? Can you let me jump? <laughs> no, I can't, because if you jump, you'll win. <laughs> <laughs> one jump is all it takes. <laughs> well, all, all it takes is just one punch. Because thing about Dalsim is that because he's an easy player. And because it's he, he can get so many hits in, his hits aren't very strong. Yeah. So it's like you can hit some like uh, what like you were using the heady button, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, so it's like you know like one of Ryu's punches is like three of Dalsim's hits. If you use the heady button, yeah, just three buttons, right? Mm-hmm. Three for punch, three for kick. I don't know. I was slamming all Low, three medium, of them in the <laughs> I was like just it's like which one? Whatever. Horuken. <laughs> oh, not him. Oh shit. Uh. Yeah, but it's been a while. It's been a while since I played Tekken, so I can't remember if they fit in the moves. But they craft a story better, and like the robot guy is a robot. It actually looks cool. Kind of, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a mindless action movie. You want to just sit down? There's none in there. Uh, yeah, there's no plot in there. Um, <laughs> there's no. Uh, it's not fucking Citizen Kane. But for a fighting movie based on a video game, it's actually all right. Cool. So yeah, if you want to sit down, check your brain out, check out your brain, and just relax and have a beer. It's a good one to watch. It's a rental. It's definitely a rental. Okay. It might be even be a stealer. I did. <laughs> I uh, I did a little search through the DVDs and I watched uh, the Informant, uh, directed by Steven Sodenberg and uh, starring Matt Damon, which I've been wanting to watch for a while. I haven't had time. This is uh, it's a uh, it's a really good Matt Damon performance. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon is very good in this. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because uh, the, the story is... It's simple, but yet it's not. Uh-huh. It's a really... <laughs> okay, uh, Matt Damon plays this guy, Mark Whitaker. This is based on a true story, by yeah. the way. And um, he works for a company called ADM uh, that uh, they do uh, lysine developing. Mm-hmm. And um, he's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well in his work. He's uh, made it into upper management. Um, but... He ends up getting involved with uh, the FBI mm-hmm. because um, he he sort of tells his uh, he tells his superiors about about a deal about um, about a potential deal with um, a Jap- with someone that, with, a, with a Japanese guy that he's done business with before because mm-hmm. they've been they've been having some problems um, uh, with, um, with with their product and this Japanese guy has come. This Jap- uh, Matt Damon goes to his his bosses and basically says, "I've spoken to this Japanese guy, and he's and he's telling us wh- how, why this is happening. Uh, there's a mole in the company, and uh, he knows how to rectify the situation, and he wants ten and he wants ten million dollars. Uh-huh. And so because of that, the FBI get involved. Uh-huh. And when the FBI get involved, he and um, Mark Whitaker is um, the, the, the FBI basically enlists him to kind of go undercover. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind and, of." Kind of, you know, like just to, to help them out, but but because but but, but 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 the thing is, is that he's got his own things going on on the side. So when the FBI get involved, he has to confess these other things to the FBI um, in order to stay keep them out, interested. In order to stay out of trouble with this other shit that's going on, and it gets to a point where it's like you have no fucking clue what's true. Yeah, because the, he's a compulsive liar. Because he's a compulsive fucking liar, <laughs> you know. And it's just like, what the fuck? You have no. I mean, you you have some idea of what's going on, yeah. but you have no idea what's true. Uh, I mean, as I mean, what's course, really going on? What's really going on? I mean, as the movie progresses, eventually you do find out all this shit. But as the movie's going on, you're really racking your brain because there are so many different stories 
coming at you. It's it, a torrid web of lies. Yeah, that it actually gets a little confusing. It's like, okay, so now what? What the fuck? Uh, what's the problem now? What do the FBI want? Why is he still working? With, you know, it, 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 it becomes very um, not convoluted. It's just. There are lots of questions, yeah. and you don't really know exactly what's going on. All you know is is that this guy Mark Whitaker is fucked in the head. That's <laughs> all you know. That's the, that's the only thing that you're sure of when you're watching this movie. Is like, fuck, this is not going to end well. <laughs> you know, you're fucking around with too many things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and Matt Damon plays it very well. He's clearly put on some weight for the role. It's a um, Aussie guy. Hmm? What's his name? Gladiator. Russell Crowe it's Russell, a Russell Crowe serious mode yes put Russell on some weight put on some weight that's right eat some pie <laughs> uh, get an Oscar <laughs> but the thing is is that it is it is a comedy mm-hmm. but the way that it's played is is very, it a black comedy kind of mm-hmm. kind of but the, the, the weird thing is is that the way that it's played is that it's played very serious but the music the soundtrack is very light and fluffy it's madcap yeah, it's very, it's very light and fluffy. It's the kind of music that you listen to it and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't help but sort of bounce about a little bit. Uh, but the dialogue and everything, the conversations, the way the com- the way the meetings are held, it's all played very real, very serious. Huh. You know, so it's a very interesting juxtaposition. And and any time when anything important is being said, you know, like when you get when you think there might be some plot points happening, you get Matt Damon's narration, which is so random and has nothing to do with anything that's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's an unreliable narrator. I mean, I'll give you a fucking example of uh, when when the FBI come to visit him to check his phone because, like, to say they want to put a tap on his phone because he said, like, when well, which phone did you uh, speak to this Japanese person? Oh, I'm on the phone in my house. So he's gonna, So the FBI agent's coming to the FBI agent is played by Scott Bakula. Yeah, who is uh, very good at it and who doesn't seem to age. Yeah, he seems to. Just, he's still Sam. He's still Sam. You know, and it's he just frosty Sam them. And so, like, they're coming. So this is this is the scene. Scott, the, the 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 FBI agent is there to put a tap on the phone. It's all serious. Before the FBI agent got there, Matt Damon's having a conversation with his wife, played by uh, Melanie Linsky, uh, who is um, the second the, the second female lead in Heavenly Creatures. She's also uh, she also had a long stint in Two and a Half Men. She also had a cameo. I mean, she's she's done a lot of stuff. She was in Shattered Glass. She was in Up in the Air. She's done a lot of stuff. Um, so up until that point, it's all pretty serious what, what's happening. And then as he goes to get the phone, Matt Damon's looking, and Matt Damon's voice voiceover narration is there should is this there should be a TV show about a guy and he calls home one day and he's there. He answers and he's talking to himself. Only it's someone else. Uh, he somehow he somehow divided, and one of him drives away, and the rest of the show is about him trying to find the guy. And <laughs> this is completely fucking random. It's completely fucking random narration like that. You know, it's like they'll be in some board meeting, and then suddenly he's like, you know, the polar bear. You know, the polar bears like hide for their they 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 they, they lie they they hide in secret waiting for their waiting for their prey. You know, but but they have to uh, use their paw to cover their nose. If it wasn't for their nose, they'd be invisible because their noses are black. So the question is, how do they know they have black noses? Is it because they look at each other and see that, oh, that guy's got a black nose, I've got to cover it in order to be invisible? That seems like a lot of thinking for a bear. It's it's the combination of, uh, of, of everything else being played very serious and having this really fucking happy soundtrack and having Matt Damon's completely hilarious rant, every single piece of voiceover narration is funny. Yeah. It's completely random, you know. It's the <laughs> it makes no sense in the context of, of what's going on. And does it work? It works. It, it works. works very well. I mean, I enjoy this movie very much. I can see it 
not working for everyone. Yeah. Because it is very... I mean, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh, no matter how much he tries to be completely mainstream, all of his movies retain that little bit of quirkiness and weirdness that, yeah. that it doesn't appeal to everyone. No. Uh, but I enjoyed it very much. It's got a top-notch cast. Fucking uh, Clancy Brown turns up, and Clancy Brown's always good fun. He's always awesome. Uh, it's... Just a, I, I really, really enjoyed it, and it's it's not predictable. No, it's not at all predictable. I mean, unless you're familiar with the story, which I wasn't, mm. um, I had no idea what was going to happen to him. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, it's just like you just know that sooner or later you can just tell. It's like it's one fucking piece of bullshit lies after another, and each lie is more amazing than the next. You know, it's like, <laughs> and and the level of commitment in which he tells these lies. lies it's like shit, you know. It reminded me of my mom. Oh, <laughs> but it's anyway. It's, oh, oh, and here's another reason to see it. Thomas F. Wilson's in it. Oh yeah, Biff Tannen. Oh, excellent, excellent. And he doesn't sing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I highly recommend this movie. Cool. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're a Matt Damon fan, this is a very good Matt Damon performance. If you are a Steven Soderbergh fan. Definitely worth checking out. Cool. Uh, finish us off then this week. Not a bit long, but it's a bit good. It's about getting fries after dark. Every time we try and wing it, it always goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't supposed to say we were winging it. No, we wing it every week. Yeah, that's true. Thanks anyway, researcher. Um, repo men. Yeah, repo men. So I got to see repo men this week. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Jude Law, Forrest Whitaker. Um, it's a story of it. it's a future in a world. Um, very much kind of Blade Runner inspired. It has. It starts off very quirkily and interestingly, you know. It just starts off with Jude Law waiting for this guy. He comes into a house with this chick, and uh, they're about to get it on. He's like, uh, hi, I'm from the Union. And then he tases the guy and cuts out his fucking liver. So what it is, is it's a, wor- it's a world where, you know, people can't, got sick and tired of waiting for on waiting lists for organs, so they all get cybernetic organs. Mm-hmm. But if you don't make the payments, the repo men come and they rip the fucking shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some cool stuff in this movie. I mean, you got Forrest Whitaker in it. Just Forrest Whitaker is batshit insane. Well, I mean, I've always liked the um, the, the concept of the movie. Mm. And Forrest Whitaker is batshit insane. You know, he is slowly becoming more more crazy. Yeah, and in this, he's totally fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, and that, that, that's the thing. One of the things that, that didn't really jump. Basically, what happens to Jude Law? It's not a spoiler. I think it's in the movie. Is that he ends up getting one of these things, and once he's gotten it, he can't. All he can start, all he can think about when he's repossessing stuff is this person has a wife, a family, because he himself has a wife and kid, mm-hmm. and that's all he can think of. So he can no longer because they show him and he just sits down and he, you know, he has a zip-on little kind of smock and he can, takes out the scalpel and he cuts the guy open and takes puts the bloody scalpel between his teeth and then reaches <laughs> around inside and pulls out this big fucking hunk of metal. Or uh, you know, or the guy he's just tasered. He asks him, "I'm legally obliged to ask you, would you like an ambulance standing by?" No. <laughs> <laughs> okay and just cuts away you know and when this chick hits him with a fucking vase or something he's like there's no need for violence <laughs> and tases the bitch but at the, at the beginning as well there's this whole thing of you know it cuts back to how he knows Forrest Whitaker and it just cuts to like you know them being kids and beaten up by him he's like you know I was in the fifth grade fair enough the kid had repeated the third grade five times that's why he's so much bigger but uh, you know uh, this whole thing about them being in, in a war together and like there's a lot of themes that seem to be bandied about but not really followed through on mm-hmm. um, 
and which usually means many rewrites could be yeah because I mean there could be the whole thing about the man humanity the man you know PT was it post-traumatic stress disorder PTSD could factor into it because you know there's a, there's a nice through line running through the movie of where he just says when he gets knocked the fuck out like he's in the when the, when the accident happens that causes his thing to be replaced mm-hmm. you know there's a freeze frame and it says you know I've only ever been knocked unconscious five times in my life and he goes through two of them and says for those who are counting this is number three and that's quite nice it has that kind of nice you know it's a nice editing style to it it's popping back and forth but then they just ditch that completely in the second in the third act oh yeah yeah it just turns into action movie then oh. and then John Leguizamo turns up <laughs> but uh, you know John the, the, Leguizamo the, turns up yeah yeah I mean I, I think this movie's quite long as well what time did I start watching that it was like it's, oh, it took me almost two hours and there's a lot crammed in there and there's a lot of Volvo placement <laughs> product placement uh, there's a lot of problems in general because it's a it's a Blade Runner movie and and weird things as well like the fact that when you see Jude Law first he's always wearing his shirts buttoned up to the top mm-hmm. and he's wearing a fucking donkey jacket you know like a council diggers jacket mm-hmm. it's the black kind of heavy coat with the um, plastic or leather shoulder area on it mm-hmm. the one you see when you're in England and the guys are digging the fucking roads in the yep. rain yep he's wearing one of those and they they're going for maybe I was thought they may be going for that whole. Um, do androids dream of electric sheep you know the fact that like this is a job that you need to be a badass to do but the people who do it are more like tax collectors mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of that but then they throw it away which I would have which I would have actually been more interesting would have kept it that way and had that because the original Blade Runner book you know it's more about he is like a taxman he's like a boring guy who hunts down replicants and he's not an action hero it's literally just it's his fucking job and he does it and it's not a great job and no one respects that kind of job and Liv Shriver is his boss mm-hmm. and just takes the piss I mean, he's just he's just eating the furniture for God's sake. And uh, Leo Schreiber is just an actor. It's like even when he's bad, he's still good. Yeah, he's always fun to watch. And he, and he was good in this. He's funny in this. But um, there is a point introduced maybe twice through the movie because you know that it's the you know, Bester's gun. You show something, you gotta use it. Yeah. And there is something that crops up once or twice. And as soon as I saw, it, I was like, this is gonna factor. And when it does factors, it is a bit of a fuck you. Right. That's one of the things. There is a twist. Right. Um, that twist is a bit like oh. also shit gets cut up this is I, I can't remember when this came out was this a hard R? yes yeah because this you know, a hard R they find a nest at one point which is a load of people who've been hiding and some of them have scanned because what they have on their guns is very like remember the TV show Ultraviolet that had the little TVs on the guns mm-hmm. So because the vampires didn't show up on TV like mirrors <laughs> it's a similar thing so they have these little scanners and they're just paying shit and they're just driving around their car going bing we got one or like a fat guy standing on the street and he's like eating a soda and eating a hot dog and he's like hey buddy you got two days left on your pancreas and then I'm coming for you because you get 90 <laughs> yeah. days you get a 90 day leave uh, a 90 day um, a 90 day you know leave period where you don't have to pay if you don't pay within, you know you have 90 days to pay up and then the repo man came well they don't they play up there's a nice anti-corporate thing going on as well with the salespeople saying you know constantly Liv Schreiber sells this line so much it's like don't do it you know do it for you. Do it for your family. And that's, like, he says that to Jude Law at one point, and Jude Law just loses his fucking shit. And he's pretty good in this. Is that right, actually? Mm-hmm. And uh, he pulls off the action man stick pretty well, which is unbuttons his top button. Uh, but then, you know, there's this, when he, he, he goes on the run eventually, and when he does, then it just goes into this different type of movie. And like I said, the editing even changes. Mm. Um, and I wasn't, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a rental. But it wasn't as bad as I heard it was. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's based on a book, The Repossession Mambo, so um, it's worth seeing, I think, or watching the rest of. 
Alright, cool. I shall check it out. Cool. <laughs> I mean, there's some cool fights. There's one scene that very much po- brings to mind um, Old Boy. Mm-hmm. Where they're in the locked off corridor mm-hmm. and there's a walking from left to right scene with the fight. Oh, right. Yeah. But it's not as good as the. No, because they don't keep it there. Right. They bring it in closer or they change the camera angle. It would have been a hell of a lot better if they had kept it there because, you know, that, that fight from Old Boy where it was insane. It's just, it's just this guy brilliant. fighting people and it's all seen from the side and he has a hammer and he just fucks all sorts of shit up. Jidlaw tries to do that and there is this whole thing of like the Repo Men era like you know there's some fat guys girls doing it and like that but they all have multiple blades and they just all whip them out and no fucking reason and like when they find these nests and they go in there that's pretty cool as well and just like you're doing more damage and you're safe and you know they, just, they come back with like bags of shit like into the main office when the guy's trying to sell, a, sell, a, sell an organ to somebody and trying to not to emphasize the fact that they're going to rip it out of your fucking guts if they don't pay and they're like oh yeah look at this <laughs> it's Christmas baby give us pink sheets <laughs> and the guy's like uh, let's talk about this later but yeah it's good enough good enough cool yeah and that is it for our reviews for today yeah let's finish off with the uh, Malaysian and US box office top tens yeah next week I'll be reviewing the special edition of Avatar ooh mm. <laughs> Tell me if those eight minutes are worth it. Uh, I will. At <laughs> uh, number ten in Malaysia, we have Grown Ups. Number nine, Love in Disguise. Number eight, Repo Man. Number seven, Salt. Number six, the same two. Number Fuck. F- number five, Nan Mahan Alia. Number four, City Under Siege. Number three, Adventure of the King. Another Return of the King, right? No, it's a prequel. Mm. Number two, The Last Airbender. Mm. Number one, The Expendables. <sighs> Number ten in the U.S., Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So it helped. Yeah, no, that's last week's one, so it's yep. still number ten, yeah. Number nine, Inception. Number eight. Oh, on Inception, I should mention, there is a fantastic video online uh, called Inebriation. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for it on YouTube. They managed to mimic the look. They managed to mimic the suits. They managed to get a guy who, like, looks like... Um, he looks and talks like Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. um, and they do it's like I'm a very special job I get people really drunk <laughs> and then I steal their ideas <laughs> it's called inebriation and it's very clever they have lots of scenes in the movie recreated but like you know the corridor running with the, with the, with the gravity changing yeah 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 he's just shit faced <laughs> so he's just like running fucked up <laughs> or you know give me the cake and there's a shot <laughs> Like a shot of tequila. <laughs> Jesus. So definitely keep an eye out for that. One other YouTube thing I should mention, I should have mentioned earlier, was Wes Anderson's Spider-Man. I heard about this. This is pretty funny, because it's like, it's way more the Royal Tannenbaums in Spider-Man. It's just him walking around, it's like, you know, as even the line, you know, I love you, and it's like, I know, and he just walks up and puts the mask on. He's wearing, like, completely normal clothes. And it's so, and they have a guy who is, does a spot-on Owen Wilson impression. Oh, right. Yeah, so you should definitely check that one out as well. We need to have a YouTube section. Number eight, Nanny McPhee Returns. I think this might be Nanny McPhee and the Big Bang, but it was called in the UK, but they called yeah. it Returns in America because yeah. the Big Bang's not going down well. Over no. There. Number seven, The Switch. I heard this was terrible. I heard it was terrible too. No, Number uh, six, six Piranha 3D. 3D. Number five, five the, the Other Guys. guys. Again, heard this is quite good. Mm-hmm. Number four, Lottery Ticket. I haven't heard of this, have you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the new Ice Cube movie. Mm. Number three, Eat, Pray, Love. Number two, Vampires yeah. Suck. And at number one, The Expendables. And uh, seeing as this is a slightly late podcast, we'll just also do the uh, US Top 10 box office for this week. Oh, right. You got it? Yep. Number 10, Piranha 3D. Uh-huh. Number 9, The Switch. 
Number eight, Nanny McPhee returns. Number seven, Inception. Inception climbed. Went up. Went up. Fuck. Number six, Vampires Suck. Number five, The Other Guys. Number four, Eat, Pray, Love. Number three, The Expendables. Number two, Takers. Number one, The Last Exorcism. I, I hear this is actually very good. Yeah, they've had some very clever marketing on this. They had the, you know, chat roulette. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Chat roulette is where, like, you know, you basically hit a button and it randomizes who you see on the camera and you can, like, talk to them. And um, I think 90% of it is guys' dons. Uh-huh. And for this one, they have it like you're talking to a normal person and then her face just, like, fucking freaks out or something like that. So they've heard this is scaring the shit out of people. Yeah, and also, but uh, although I must confess, the first time I saw the trailer for this movie, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> you know why? Why? I'll tell you. Well, I'll, I'll give Go you, ahead, I'll, tell me. I'll give you a hint. The girl who gets possessed, the one who's all fucked up and crazy and demonic, let's just say her name rhymes with hell. Bell. What? Now. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, like, oh. so there's lots of lines in the movie with the parents like going, we don't know what's happened to Nell. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut to Nell and she's like, ah! <laughs> so Catharsis. I, I kind of laughed. I, I laughed my ass off when I saw it. I thought that was fucking funny as fuck. I can't wait to see it. And that's it for the week. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Mm, if you made once it this far, thank once you. again, if you've made it this far, and if you'd like to uh, write to us and tell us that our show is too fucking long, you can email us at podcast at mcapinfries.com. That's podcast at mcapinfries.com. <laughs> Good night. Good night.